0: Testing, uh, testing, testing, one, two, three. three. Testing, 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 one, two, three, three. You are now listening to the Backlook Cinema Podcast with Zach and Zoe. Thank you for joining us as we talk about the movies of yesteryear. You can reach us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter by searching for Backlook Cinema. Check our show notes for more info. And now, let's get it in. Hi, I'm Zach. And this is Zoe, and welcome to the Backlick Cinema Podcast with Zach and Zoe, where we take a look back at the movies of yesteryear. And the reason we started this podcast is that, uh, like my son, Zach, there's a lot of movies that he hasn't seen. So, I'm doing my fatherly duty to introduce him to some of these great movies that I loved when I was growing up.
1: Uh Uh-huh, yeah. You can get t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, face masks, jerseys, and more at our website, BacklookCinema.com, where you can can click to enter teesprings.com. Or
0: tpublic.com and please follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. You can find the details in the show notes. There are direct links to our socials at backlickcinema.com where you can leave us direct feedback, comments etc. You can email us at faith, uh, fanmail at backlickcinema.com. See I messed up, messed up <laughs> the, uh, email address already. I've been saying it for a couple of months now. You'd think that I'd have it down now. Maybe if I got more email from my fans, then we could I could get it right. But you know, sparse, sparse email from the family from the family out there. Uh-huh. And please, if you like our
1: show, then rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app that you might be using.
0: So uh today we have something special. But first, happy Juneteenth. Now I know I said last week, uh you know I, I had the special Juneteenth episode last week you got that last week and then i realized that the, that when you're hearing this now today is juneteenth so i totally messed it up because i looked at the wrong month i got the months mixed up i thought the 19th was in the middle of the day and as it uh in the middle of the week and as it turns out the 19th is today as you're listening to it now so that's my bad my bad i kind of messed it up but but happy juneteenth anyway uh, <laughs> uh but just as a, a reminder um so uh See, now I'm saying uh, and uh is a bad thing to say. Juneteenth is a holiday that celebrates the emancipation of those who have been enslaved in the United States. President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation on September 22nd, 1862. But the, the news didn't reach Texas until June 19th, 1865, with the announcement of General Order Number 3 by Union Army General Gordon Granger, proclaiming freedom from slavery in Texas. So I just wanted to get that out there all over again. Because today is the day. Today is June the 19th. Well, we're not going to uh, watch a movie that is compatible with the holiday. But, you know, next year. Next year is coming around the corner, and we're going to do it. So um, this episode is special because we have a special guest. We, we actually have a guest on the show. It's not something we normally do, but we're doing it today. Today's guest is a talented and enthusiastic interviewer. He's interviewed a variety of guests, such as the illuminated Muppet performers Steve Whitmire and Bill Baratta, the creator of Roger Rabbit, Gary K. Wolf, notable musician D.C. Glenn, half of the 90s hip-hop duo Tag Team, famed self-help author Carmen Davenport, Emmy Award winning puppet creator from films like Star Wars, I mean Star Trek 2 and, well he did do Star Wars but specifically I have here, Star Trek 2 and uh, E.T. Kirk Thatcher and and many more guests. He is the host of his very own radio show, Shout Radio at www.shoutradio.org.uk Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of the the Toby Gribben show, the much esteemed Toby
2: Gribben. All Hi. Right, let's, clap.
0: let's clap for the man. Let's clap.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Did I really interview all of those people?
0: Oh, my God. You interviewed so many people. It was hard yeah. to narrow it down.
2: <laughs> yeah. You've,
0: you've been a busy man.
2: Yeah. You've let's done help. a lot of digging, I can tell.
0: Right, right. It, it was a lot of clicking, a lot of... Uh, uh, I didn't copy and paste. Uh, I, <laughs> I had to type it out. And so that, a lot of typing. So, yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of that going on.
2: Absolutely. um,
0: Let me ask you a couple of questions. Okay. So, where are you from? The basic questions. Where are we all from? Where are you from, Tony?
2: Well, I'm in the UK, specifically Scotland, and I live about halfway between Glasgow and Edinburgh. And I was born in Stirling and live not too far from there. So, that's kind of where I am. And unusually... It's very sunny today, but usually where I live, it's raining all the time.
0: Wow. So is it raining now?
2: No, it's actually probably the hottest day of the year. It's really sunny. And when you go outside, it feels like you're on holiday somewhere really nice.
0: You know, it's funny because we just came off uh, a a rainy couple of days. Was it raining down here,
1: Zachary? Yeah, it was raining yesterday and the day before, and it was a pain.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was... uh... I do a lot of driving so it, it made driving precarious to say the least. So uh <laughs> you said you're from Edinburgh?
2: Yeah, kind of near Edinburgh, yeah.
0: And wh- where'd you say you were from originally?
2: Um Sterling was where I was born. I never lived there, but uh <laughs> Oh okay, <you> know. <laughs> okay.
0: Wow that that that's great. So um is is it far from where you were born?
2: Um no it's Probably about half an hour's drive, really. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. and
0: and just kind of small places. Um, Zachary was born in Hawaii. And we're way far away from where he was born. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like, it's a six hour time difference uh, from where he was born to where we're living at now. So uh, how long? I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Yeah, because they're like 10 hours behind here. So even for you, it's going to be a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: So yeah.
0: how how long have you been doing radio?
2: Oh, well, for about nine years now. I've been doing the show on this particular station for only a year and doing the interviews since only really September, but it feels like I've been doing it for a while. I think in this last year, my show has become something completely different than it ever was before and it's became a lot better i don't know if i've just had a lot more time because of covid or whatever but the show is now at a stage where i can feel proud of it whereas the previous eight years i'm not too sure
0: wow so it kind of took you eight years to kind of catch up to to how you're feeling now
2: yes for sure
0: Wow, that that is amazing uh, to to be in this business for eight years. Is this something that you always wanted to do?
2: Um, I think so because it's been a thing since I was quite young. Like, I've I was always fascinated by how radio actually works, like how you're able to transmit a live thing into somebody else's house when they just have a tiny little thing listening to it. And I still don't really know how it works, but I'm glad to be doing it and being that person, keeping somebody company while they're doing the housework or whatever.
0: Yeah, that is amazing. Um, I I never really considered radio like Mm. a real thing. It just seemed like a magic box, with voices coming out of it, never actually knowing or seeing the people who generate those voices. I remember I actually seen a DJ one time, like the first time I've seen a DJ, some a voice on the radio, live yeah. and in person, and he didn't look anything like I imagine <laughs> he he would look like. Like he was on, a, like uh, I imagine most of the people on the radio station being black, and I'm I'm certain like most of them were. So I imagine mm-hmm. him as a black man. He was. Yeah. So far from being a black man, <laughs> yeah, it was, yes, it was like he was a. It was like like the '80s, so uh, he kind of looked like an '80s rock singer. So he mm. had the big, shaggy black hair. Uh, he looked like he belonged into. Uh, he looked like the guys from Kiss, except without the makeup. And uh, <laughs> it was it was amazing uh, to to see that because like it it kind of gave me an impression. It's like oh. These are real people with with real lives. So uh, I never, and the same thing with like people on TV, I I never realized that those people were real. I I Mm. had trouble realizing that a a person can play one character on one TV show, go to another TV show and be a a different character. I was like, that's that was hard for me to to deal with. It took me a a long time to grow out of that. (laughs) And it's amazing that some people can see that and think I can do that. I didn't see that and think that I could do that. But that people can see that and know Mm. that they can do that, I've always found that fascinating. Yeah,
2: and I think it's all part of this thing where most people who listen to the radio probably don't know what the presenters look like. So if you are a really famous radio personality, you could be drooling on a train somewhere or looking your worst and nobody would recognize you so you can get away with it more than... Ryan Gosling or something.
0: Right, right. Oh, I guess back in the day. I think nowadays there are a lot of radio DJs, especially the more high-profile ones. They they have a, a YouTube channel as well, so that you can yeah. watch them as they broadcast. So it, it's changing mm. in that way. So I think a, yeah. a lot of uh, a DJ personalities are are getting their face out there now. You yeah. can't have a face for radio anymore. There's no <laughs> safe haven for ugly people. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> that's true.
0: Right, right. So uh, luckily, we're some handsome gents here. And even though we don't yeah. have our uh, our cameras on, uh, yeah. I only enabled the audio just to to make sure that the the they don't mess up the streaming quality. Make sure the streaming yeah. quality is okay. So, um, what what have you been up to lately?
2: Lately, uh, do you mean in terms of my life or in terms yeah, of yeah, the just, show? Just
0: like books you've read, movies you've watched, uh, shows mm. you've watched, things like that.
2: Well, the last few months, the cinemas have reopened here in the UK in the last month. So I've been going back there. I've got myself like an unlimited card where I pay £15 a month and I can see as many films as I like. And some of them are awful and some of them are good. (laughs) So I've seen uh, A Quiet Place Part 2. That was good. And Cruella was good. And I can't really remember everything I've seen because it's a lot. But that's right. kind of my fun thing. And then I spend a lot of time, like you, interviewing guests for my show, which is always exciting. And, you know, I make money from it as well, a bit. So it's good to make money from something I enjoy doing.
0: Wow, that, that is great. So uh, yeah. it's it's great. You You had mentioned that you can, you're basically, Basically, uh, I'm sorry. Basically, paying a <laughs> subscription for movies. Yes. So we had something like that in the United States called Movie Pass. Zachary, do you remember Movie Pass? Yeah. A little bit, but not much. <laughs> do Do you remember what happened to Movie Pass?
1: It's basically, failed. It it's not failed. A people That's went right. for the subscription.
0: Oh, it died a horrible death. <laughs> uh, it it was horribly mismanaged and they kept, uh, one of the things they kept doing, it, they kept trying to lower the price and then they would try to raise the price and then they would block you from watching certain movies and there was a Mm. Mission Impossible movie that came out, I forgot which one, and they blocked people from seeing it, even though technically you're supposed to be able to see any movies and so that was one of the things that caused Mm. it to basically crash and burn. It's like, why would you block people from seeing the most you know, the most uh, exciting movie <laughs> or the most popular movie that's going to be out in, in, yeah. in theatres. So that's uh, that, that's yeah. just one of the things that led their, their downfalls. So what, what kind of yeah, movies I, do you like? Seeing that this is a movie podcast.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm up for anything as long as it's not boring. Like, even films that are technically rubbish, as long as I'm not bored by them, I still like them. Um, but... I don't know. There are films that I don't like, but I don't know if I would categorise them in a genre. Like, I'm up for anything. I suppose comedy and action is sometimes fun, and family films are always fun. Anything that's fun, really. And of course, you might have noticed from the guests I've had on the show, I'm a big fan of the Muppets, so I'll watch anything with them on.
0: Yes, you've had several puppeteers on your podcast. I noticed that. Yeah. So are you watching? Uh, actually, there was, I don't know if it's still on, but um, there was a thing called, uh, I think it was called Spitting Image or something like that. And it was yes. on briefly, I've seen on the internet. Or it was on YouTube, I've seen. Because at first it was a show that came out in like the 80s. And then I have seen yes. something of a revival on YouTube. So have you have you seen that?
2: um i haven't actually like watched it i've watched bits of it on youtube but yeah you're right it was originally out on the 80s in um, on itv and then they've brought it back on the streaming service britbox this last year or so um i don't really know anyone that's watched it but i think it might be quite good i'm not really sure i haven't heard any positive or negative stuff about it so i'm not really sure but Louise Gold and Steve Nallen were both performers on the original Spitting Image, and I've had them on the show, see? I'm name-dropping right. again.
0: <laughs> That's alright. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny, uh, I, I really enjoyed the original. I, I'm not as fond yeah. as uh, the, the updated version. Um, hmm. it, it just, I, it didn't capture my imagination like when I was a kid, I guess. I think I was most yeah. impressed with, uh, in the original, they had a puppet of leonard nimoy and uh ah. it was like i guess the gig with leonard nimoy is like he didn't know okay. if he was the character spock or leonard nimoy the actor so it was some yeah kind of, and that was amusing to me because i was a huge star wars yeah. uh star trek fan so yeah uh, i think say, go ahead i'm sorry
2: yeah yeah i think they do that a lot with their characters if they're kind of known for being this role though play the actor as the character they play like i think they had olivia coleman the actress she was in the show called Broadchurch over here where she was known for crying all the time so they portrayed her herself as crying all the time
0: right 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 yeah it's like uh the it's uh puppeteering is it's a combination of puppeteering and caricature like you would see in the newspaper uh, yeah. so puppeteering characters. yeah for sure and that that's they they do a really good job of doing that like one of the recent ones they did mm. with uh donald trump on on the youtube and uh yeah it was it was gross and fascinating at the same time how they exaggerated him
2: yes absolutely yeah uh, i guess trump is a gift when it comes to impressionists
0: yeah, I I guess so. But after a while, you're like, let's let's move on. Let's, let's see something. Yeah. Else. <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah, for so, sure. Uh, what what are you? So you mentioned you you go. You basically have uh, a movie subscription where you can go to theaters mm. and see as many movies as you want. So I guess I'm guessing that your favorite place to experience movies are in the cinema.
2: Yes, absolutely. Because. It's nice and it's a big screen and I find that I'm easily distracted so if I'm watching a movie on Netflix at home and I get a little bit bored by it I'll go to my phone and just switch off and forget the rest of the film. But if I'm in a cinema, if I get a little bit bored by it, I'll just stay watching it and then it will pick up and i'm still concentrating (laughs) on it if you know what i mean
0: right yeah because it's rather rude to pick up your phone while you're in a darkened room with other people anyways yeah
2: absolutely yeah
0: well we haven't actually been to the movies but uh Mm. we've all been fully vaccinated zachary has gotten his second shot just recently he's rubbing his arm now from the memory of it so in about two weeks the whole family will be fully vaccinated. We're gonna go out to the movies like we used to, and uh, I don't know. I'm 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 down for anything. I, uh, hopefully, uh, Scarlet Witch. Uh, Scarlet Witch. No, I'm wrong. Character. You mean Black Widow. Black Widow. Widow. <laughs> yes, the Black Widow will be out about that time, and uh, yeah. I really want to go take the whole family to see that. But I'm down for anything. I might even watch uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong again. Oh yeah. And most of the yeah, most of the movies that are in the movies, you can actually see them at the same time at home. But, yeah, uh, I suspect that movie is way better in the movie theater than it mm. is at home.
2: Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. I've been meaning to, so I might go and see that tomorrow. I think.
0: Well, if you're down for dumb action movies, that's yeah. that's your bag. And, and I'm like you; is like I, I want I want to be entertained, and I don't mind if the the movie's dumb as long as it's entertaining. Yeah. So, like one of those movies that I wanna I wanted to talk about was Flash Gordon. Zachary, have you seen Flash Gordon? No. See, that is the perfect that
1: no, not going on the list. Technically,
0: that movie is awful. Technically, no, it, it's so much wrong. It's like the list. story is bad. The the special effects is bad. The uh, <laughs> the acting is horrid. The, yeah. the main character, the guy that main, plays the main character, is not an actor. And really hasn't acted in any significant thing since. The the yeah. next time he the next time he actually pops up. Have you seen the movie Ted? I, Ted I with uh, Mark Wahlberg and the Teddy Bear. Yeah, I um, think teddy I teddy watched bears. it. I haven't seen I, it. Right. I
2: think we started it when it I was like a kid once. We put it on and my mum was like, Right, the swearing in this, we're turning it off and then I never right, watched it right, again. Right,
0: so in that movie, uh, that actor makes an appearance because Mark Wahlberg's character is fascinated with Flash Gordon and that actor as Flash mm-hmm. Gordon. But anyway, technically the movie is terrible, but I love yeah. that movie. That movie is outstanding. It's got and the thing that makes it because the thing everything else is bad, but the thing that's mm-hmm. it's saving grace that that it elevates the movie to a pop culture level that is unparalleled with most other movies it's the sound the soundtrack by queen that is that's just amazing just like they did with highlander they they sung a lot of the major songs for highlander that movie they sung uh basically the entire soundtrack for flash gordon and that is just amazing uh just to hear flash gordon uh, ah you saved the universe thing. I, I didn't even sing it. He Zachary's telling me to stop. I, I don't care. I never even. It's like I'm, 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 I'm tampering myself down. I'm trying to calm myself down because yeah. I start singing, I'll get excited. So you know what? You know it. It's time. It's time to move on. It's time to move on to the main, the main event. So let me find Ooh. my place here, my place in the universe, Zachary Alexander Richardson. <laughs> Why? what movie did we look at today <laughs> or yesterday backdraft Backdraft. tell us about this movie a rookie firefighter tries to earn
1: respect uh, earn the respect of his older brother and other firefighters while taking part in an investigation of a string of arson slash murders the detailed look into the duties and private lives of firemen naturally features widespread pyrotech- um uh, pyrotechnics hmm. Yeah, that's good. You got yeah, it. And power Technics and special effects. That was by Keith Lowe. Keith Lowe, and that you know I he wasn't that. wrong with the special effects because fire don't act like that. There's only one part of the fire that didn't act right, and we. Oh, getting... that was, a, that was <laughs> the was parts where the fire was not acting like fire. Where? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure smoke just don't go out of the out of the door and then go back. Well, like that's that 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 that's again. the
0: backdraft effect. The only part yeah. that wasn't real. The only part that wasn't real. We'll talk about in the thing what in a the fire blew but, out, but there's but there, but they acting they're, like
1: it had a mind of his own man that fire so. was
0: punching people in the face and apparently that's real like i said we talk about yeah i know right <laughs> i know it's crazy that's why it's awesome to be a firefighter you think fire is just passive like yeah. it's just going up and you can just spray water on it and it go away but when you get into these situations where you got when you're dealing with real fire that's a totally different thing <laughs> i'll tell you we get back to yeah. in trivia Hold your horses. We're going to get to it. So, uh, Toby, have you seen this before? This movie, Backdraft?
2: I hadn't seen it before. I have never seen it before, but I watched it the other night in preparation for today.
0: Right. So, this is, from your perspective, this is an old movie. Would you call Hello? yourself a millennial?
2: Uh, I think I'm technically. Gen Z.
0: Typically.
2: Oh yeah. my goodness!
0: <laughs> well, Zachary <laughs> is like right, right on the border of Z and Millennial. So his sister likes mm. to call him a baby Millennial. So yeah. <laughs> we're gonna kind of stick with that label. You're, you're basically, <laughs> uh, you and Zachary are basically the same ages. So you're basically seeing it from the same perspective, which is awesome. I got two, basically Millennial slash Gen Z people on the podcast and they're going to be able to give their perspective on this very old film backdrop it's funny calling it an old film for me it feels fresh and new but for you guys it's old (laughs) so uh this movie was released on may 24th 1991 by imagine films and trilogy entertainment it grossed over $77 million in the U.S. and Canada and $152 million worldwide on a $40 million budget. And it had good reviews. So, but not so great at the box office. Like, generally yeah. speaking, you, you want your movie to make twice as much as the reported budget. So it didn't quite reach there. Uh, I mean, domestically anyway. So it didn't quite reach there, but it did pretty good overseas. So, uh, but still, this is a great movie. Um, who who's in this movie? Zachary, Kurt Russell. He was Stephen McC- McCaffrey.
1: McCaffrey. He was in Big Trouble in Little China, Escape from New York, uh, Soldier, Ta- Tango and Crash, Guardians of the Galaxy
0: Volume Two. Right. So, Kurt Russell. We we don't even need to say anything more about this man. Right. Right. He's been in everything. He he's every when you see his face, it's like oh yeah. <laughs> That's Kurt Russell. He's also in a lot of the, what do you call it, Fast and the Furious movies, and some of the later ones. He joined about the same time as Rock. You give me that squinty eye like you don't remember. Of course I don't. <laughs> he, was the, he was the guy that the Fast and Furious crew had hooked up with, That the government guy. He basically took them from being the street level to he was like, okay, now we want you working for the government. Right. Okay, you have to watch it again. You don't remember. No, I'm not watching those films again. <laughs> Toby, have you seen any of these movies?
2: Uh, not the Fast and Furious one, no.
0: No, I, well, the movies that 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 I mentioned, or Zachary talked about, that Kurt yeah. Russell is in.
2: Uh, not really, no. Uh, well, well just I've seen you know. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, I think, but I can't remember right, anything right. about it.
0: Right. Well, in that movie, uh, Quinn is on a uh it's basically on a quest to find out who his father is and he finds he finds out that his father is Kurt Russell uh and Kurt Russell plays a planet so and uh-huh. then it's that uh, it is that uh, confrontation between father and son at, at the uh at the end of the movie and that's basically it's it's a movie about their relationship so uh you know uh, you find uh-huh. out that your that your father is an entire planet you're you're going to have issues and complications yeah, uh, Big Trouble in Little China mm. is also one of those uh, those dumb movies that that uh, we talked about. So just like Flash Gordon was a kind of a dumb movie, mm. so is Big Trouble in Little China. But just like Flash Gordon, I love this movie. I love it. It, it has everything wrong with it, yeah. but I actually can't get enough of it. Uh, so also in this movie is William Baldwin. He played Brian McCaffrey. He was also in Flatliners, Silver. Sliver, I'm sorry, uh, Hawaii Five O, MacGyver, and The Purge, and uh, Hawaii Five O and MacGyver, the new versions, not the original versions. And um, oh, one more thing about Kurt Russell. Uh, I'm sure we all noticed that he also played his own father in the movie. He played the the father that died in in the fire. Well, I don't know why he's not credited <laughs> as such. Uh, <laughs> I guess he's he's playing an uncredited yeah. role as his own father in the movie. Uh, and, and William Baldwin he has, he's had a great uh, film and TV career but he's mostly in television now so it, uh, he had a lot more TV credits than I put down here so he's basically a TV star who's next Zachary
1: Robert De
0: Niro yeah. he was playing Donald
1: Wimgo he was in Raging Bull Cape Fear Ronin,
0: Analyze This and Meet the Parents Uh, Robert De Niro's another one of those venerable actors. Or I can't really say mm. enough about Robert De Niro. He's he had a great, uh, what you call, he has a great film career. He has the Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, he, um, I don't know, I don't know. It's like when you look, it, it, one of my favorite f- films that he was in is Cape Fear. But that film is so creepy that I only saw it once and I don't think I want to watch it again. And uh, he he bites off a girl's and uh, that was <laughs> yeah. that was that was it for me. Well, yeah, yeah uh, one of the Robert De Niro is one of the greatest actors of all time of our time, uh, along with Donald Sutherland. He played Ronald Bartel. He was in Six Degrees of Separation, MASH, A Time to Kill, and The Lord of War. And um, yeah, just just a great overall actor. He's also the father of Kiefer Sutherland. Who's next, Zachary? Jennifer Jason Leigh. That's good enough.
1: Uh, he played as Jennifer Vickers. That he was in the hateful, uh, the hateful eight, single white female and weeds.
0: Yeah, Jennifer Le- Jennifer Jason Leigh was. Uh, she's a great actress. She's in a lot of stuff. I didn't actually recognize her from this movie. Remember, I mentioned that uh, a character got the cheek bit off by Robert De Niro. I guess that, was her. that was Jennifer Jason Leigh got a cheek bit off by Robert De Niro. <laughs> that is the creepiest scene. Uh uh and she was also in uh The Hateful Eight where she uh she she got herself ugly for that part and uh she's just she just shows up everywhere she just she's just everywhere she's a great actress. Uh the next person is Scott Glenn. He played John Adcox uh apparently also also known as Axe. He was mm-hmm. in the Hunt for the Wit October, Silence <laughs> of the Lamb and Sucker Punch. So we, uh, me and Zachary watched Silence of the Lamb. Do you remember who he was in Silence of the Lamb? No. Yeah, just, that was quick. No. <laughs> he was the captain of the other of the submarine <laughs> that was looking for the October. You know you said Silence of the Lamb,
1: right? And not The Hunt for the Red October. Oh, that's what that's I That's mean. what I, mean. I, I meant. The Hunt no. for the Red October. Uh-huh. See, I'm
0: so excited. I got all, all my movies. He was uh-huh. in The Hunt for the Red October as a guy. And the captain of the submarine looking for the Red October. He's one of those guys. And we hadn't watched Silence yeah. the Lamb. Have you seen it?
2: I have. I was going to say, I don't remember a submarine in it.
0: Oh, right, right, right. You picked up on it too. Long. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's no. Submarine yeah. I meant the hunt for the Red October. Right. Zachary is quick with the corrections. Constantly steering me on course. He's not gonna let me go wrong. That's when whenever I do make a mistake, I blame him for it. Because uh-huh. it's it's his job. Uh-huh. To keep <laughs> that track.
1: Uh-huh. Sure. Keep telling yourself that.
0: Have either of you guys seen Sucker Punch? I believe I have. What was that? Black Dude. and white film? No, that it wasn't black and white. It was it was like a kind of faded color. So it was color, but it was kind of faded. It was one of Zack Snyder's early films. Was it
1: this girl with his ponytail going to this hospital, or whatever,
0: and then it was some kind of thing like that. It was it was kind of a weird fantasy, where it's basically a team of girls, yeah. And they I were remember fighting. seeing that. And they they were like weird. fighting in wars and whatnot. So, yeah, it was weird. And I remember seeing that. Right, and it's, I did not understand what was going on. It was a wonderful weird movie, and I and I really love it. So that because was that punch. man
1: is insane when he directs
0: his own movies, <laughs> right? And uh, so, Zachary, you haven't seen *Silence of the Lamb, right? Nope, not uh, one bit that's definitely going on the list no that's that's well it's not gross then you gotta um, watch I, it because a lot of the shows that you like are referencing silence of the lambs sure. that's exactly why you have to watch it sure <laughs> uh next on the list zachary <laughs> rebecca de monterey mornay
1: mornay uh she played helen mccaffrey she was in risky business the uh the hand that rocks the cattle cradle cradle and wedding uh wedding crashers and jessica
0: jones apparently i spelled crashes wrong because it's underlined on my word <laughs> um, <laughs> jessica jones is the tv series it's funny right because um i've it's like she has a very distinctive look about her it's like her face kind of punches you in your face when she looks at you and when i saw that she was in jessica jones i was like did you do you guys get jessica jones over there on netflix or have you even heard of uh, I've never it heard of it to be show?
2: honest. But uh,
0: Jessica Jones is, it's, is yes, it's slates, on UK
2: uh, Netflix here.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, it's one of the slate of Marvel shows mm. when Netflix made that deal with Marvel and they developed four Marvel superhero mm. shows. So Jessica, Jessica Jones was one of the first ones they did, and uh, it's basically about a uh, superhero yeah. who has this like crazy past. She, she got her powers when she was young, uh, her parents are killed she's moved in with uh her best friend and her best friend's mother is played by jessica de mornay now it's funny right because i had to think about it I was like yes i do recognize her <laughs> because she's so much older than <laughs> she did then when she did backdraft but it's like when you look at her, it, it's like oh yeah that's so her that's... name is jessica de i'm sorry uh what did I say? I said Jessica, Rebecca Mornay. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, yeah, that's definitely Rebecca DeMornay and Jessica Jones. But yeah, she's been in a lot of movies and television. Uh, and the last person I got here is Jason Gedrick. He played Tom Krisminsky. and he was in Boom Tim? Tim. Huh?
1: Tim, not Tom. Oh yeah, T I M. Tim,
0: Tim, Tim Well, see, I was I was so concentrating on the last name that I messed up the first name. <laughs> I mean, look at that monster! K-R-I-Z-M-I-N-S-K-I that's that's a mouthful that's that's too many consonants that don't go together and uh, he was in Boomtown, Bosch Beauty and the Beast and Dexter it all TV shows except for Boomtown no I think Boomtown was a TV show all TV shows he's basically a TV star I think mm. like this movie was one of the only movies that he was in So and he's constantly doing TV shows so he's, so he's a, uh, uh, basically a, a a great working actor. Um so in, in case you don't remember who this guy is, uh this guy this is the guy to whom um Kurt Russell's character Stefan McAfee said, Check that door for heat, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> you remember I told you that was one of my favorite lines in yep. the movie? <laughs> that's the most uh impactful part of the movie. That's when I think about this movie, that's the part that I remember most.
1: Uh, yeah, this was directed by Ron Howard. He did Frost slash Nixon, uh, Cinderella Man, or, yeah, Cinderella Man Weird. Apollo 13,
0: and Solo A Star Wars Story. Now, I put Solo A Star Wars Story to remind everybody that you can't be batting a thousand when you're directing. I mean, Frost, Nixon, Man, and Apollo thirteen are all great movies. I've seen, uh, I hadn't seen Cinderella Man, but I've seen all the other ones. And I've heard that Cinderella Man was like an absolutely mm. fantastic movie. Uh, it was, uh, Russell Crowe was in that movie and it was like, they talk about that movie and his performance in that movie all the time. And it's like, these are all great movies. So how did he mess up Solo, a Star Wars story? It'll be a mystery for the ages. I'm sure it has something to do with him <laughs> taking over the film
2: yeah. from
0: somebody else. But, yeah, mm. it's just amazing.
2: I blame the writers. It could
0: be the writers. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that could be the main ingredient. Yeah. Um,
2: I, but still. It's, I, everyone I else was that. bad apart from the director. All the writers, actors, <laughs> costume designers. It's all their fault.
0: Right, right. So, um... This movie was written by Gregory White, and he also wrote uh, Highlander and Prophecy and apparently those really only significant projects that he wrote. Uh, I think he 's moved on to like producing or whatever uh, where's the music coming from? The music is by Hans hmm.
1: Zimmer. He did Inception, Dunkirk, and Sherlock
0: Holmes and probably hundreds of, of other movies his His name yeah. is plastered everywhere this this man is he just he, he oozes musical composition. Uh, this movie was executive produced. The executive producer was Rafaela De Laur, Laurentis. I got it. I got it. I did it. Rafaela De Laurentes. I had to work it out, you see. And you see these letters and consonants yeah. <laughs> that belong together. You have, to, you have to make a guess. Uh, she was also producer for Forbidden Kingdom, Sky Captain, and The World of Tomorrow, and many other movies. So uh that is the breakdown of Backdraft. Zachary, what's going on now? We're gonna yes. take a
1: short break and we'll be right back to talk about our favorite parts of the movie, some movie trivia, and find out where some of the critics thought.
0: All right, so now I have uh normally what happens is that I, I take a break and then I I'll put a commercial in here when I edit. But I'm going to I have a a read. An actual uh, item to read, an ad read, I think Mm -hmm. what they call it in the radio business. Am I right? Yeah. Am I right, Toby? Is it? Do they call Uh, it ad read?
2: I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Right. I'm not really sure because I don't really do that on my show. I just play ads, but.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's what I normally do. But I I got an ad read here. Zachary's going to hear it in Uh, real time for the first time. uh, This show is brought to you by the Necronomenon. So, that not dead, which can eternal lie, and with strange aeons, even death may die. This is the most famous couplet from a poem written in a once extraordinarily rare book. Well, friends, this book is rare no longer, thanks to today's sponsor, Loopy Larry's House of Books. You not only see... I mean, you, you see, not only does Loopy Larry House of Book take care of all of your publishing needs, but they also specialize in finding rare books, mass reducing them, and making them available to the general public. Now, for public consumption is the world famous necronomicon, AKA the Book of Death. Whether you want to cause a little mischief or banish your nosy neighbor to the dark realms, unlimited copies of the Necronomina is finally available with this public availability of this dreadful book of evil spells cause untold chaos when it's released to the public folks we've been through the pandemic already so how worse could it get go to loopy Larry's house of books website to reserve your copy today remember Loopy Larry's House of Books is the only place where you can get your very own copy of the Necronomenon alright
1: let's get back to the show this is not Ash vs. Evil Dead
0: it's not Ash versus Evil Dead it is also not uh, a, a Lovecraft story oh. from which the Necronomenon is from but oh. we've all got to acknowledge that the Necronomenon is out there and you can get it Whenever you want now. Uh-huh. You just go to Loopy Larry's House of Books cool. and you can get your very own copy and, you know, cause whatever chaos that you deem necessary.
1: Get some help, please. Zach,
0: why don't you tell us? Well, let's, let's start with our guest, Toby. What were your favorite parts about this, oh.
2: movie? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I liked the bit where he thought he was rescuing a body and it turned out to be a uh, Also the part where you could clearly yes. hear a baby crying, and then the firefighter brought out a toddler. What was that about?
0: Um, that was, that was like the, uh, that was the, uh, I want, there's every, in, in a movie, in like an action movie, in every action movie, they always give you that scene that shows the, the capabilities of the main character. So it's basically encapsulate his character, yeah. and it shows you what he uh, the character is capable of. It, it shows you the the situations that um that that he is capable of handling. So you know you have the, the there's a woman on the street yeah. saying her baby is still in the apartment. So apparently she wasn't able to get her baby. She's you know begging for somebody to rescue a baby, and then bull not mm-hmm. waiting for backup rushes into the apartment, and then uh, does his thing as a firefighter and it runs out with the baby. That's that's the part that they use in all of the, in, in all of the trailers, <laughs> they show him running out uh, with the baby. Uh, you know, they, if you see a lot of the posters, it's him running out with the baby that, that is uh, the, um, I would say the quintessential image of a fireman is rescuing an innocent from an angry fire. So I think that's what that's about.
2: <laughs> yeah. But then uh, she exact... said, "Baby." But I think the child didn't seem to be a baby; seemed to be about four.
0: Uh, there are certain segments of the population that will refer to anybody younger than five years old mm. as a baby, even even <laughs> young adults. Like they're called their twelve years old a mm. baby. Uh, if you're significantly older, man, especially, yeah. I think it's more like something in the United States where we'll do that. Like especially, like if you're uh. If you're an older man, like if you're in your 60s and you look at uh, somebody who's 20 years old, then they'll refer to the 20 years old as a baby. So that's just <laughs> so from her perspective, mm. like, especially yeah. when the child was, in a danger, way. I was like, yeah, right. And so, like, this is uh, a mother. So as far as <laughs> a mother is concerned, her children will always be her babies. So especially and that kid, he looked like he was maybe five years old. So, yeah, from from our perspective. It, it it's definitely a baby, you know. It's someone who can't take care of themselves, who totally reliant on their parent to survive. That that's a baby. So, it's, so she was. Uh, so that's that's that. She's not going to say rescue my five year old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> she's not going to be rational or accurate yeah. with with their with their descriptions. Yeah, exactly. You have any parts you want to highlight? Uh, well, there yeah. was
1: the first thing, the first two things he's talked about. That was good. I'm trying to remember what else happened. Uh, the fight that happened at the ball—that was also a good one. Time. Like, what do you say about my brother? Right. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you insulted his brother. That's not good. <laughs> That's awesome. You, you right. deserve to get punched.
0: Right. 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 Uh, and here's the thing. Uh, I want to talk about the dynamic between uh, the brothers. Um, so. The younger brother, Brian, he is resentful of his older brother. His older brother is always telling him what to do. Yeah. He's always He he feels that his older brother is bullying him and, and not allowing him to grow or flourish. But the older brother absolutely loves his brother. And that is what, one of the most impactful <laughs> things I found about the film. He loves his brother. He doesn't want his brother to be a fireman because he doesn't want to see his brother die. Not necessarily... I mean, some of it is that he doesn't think his brother is good enough, and he really believes that the fire would have mm. got him. But mm. he uh, he absolutely loves his brother, and that's why when uh, Somebody called his brother stupid. He lost his mind. He said, like, "What you say about my brother?" <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed that. Tell me what are the parts that you yeah. uh, fascinate that that you fancied about the movie.
2: Well, what I found a bit annoying was all these photographers always coming round at the worst possible moment to take a picture of the victim, or like when your dad's just died and you're like, however old he was, like six or something, and you're in tears, the last thing you need is some photographer getting loads of shots of you.
0: Right, right, right. And they're, and it's like they try to, I, I, I've read or I've seen that uh, they have different laws in the UK about being able to take photographs, yeah. but in the, in the United States, not hmm. only <laughs> is it permissible to just take photographs of people without their permission, but then you own their photograph <laughs> and do with them as you will. And then the, the subject of the photograph can't do yeah. anything about it. They can't even use uh, or reprint pictures of their own images because it's owned by somebody else. No. You know, there's a funny thing about
1: mm. that scene. That rhymed, it reminded me of this show that used to air. It's called Kid Nation. Okay. And it was like this first episode where it was this kid. He was crying. And the camera crew just basically go up to him and record him crying. They're not even trying to comfort him. They're just recording him crying. Right, right, like, right, That's just yeah. what
0: in the world is insane It, it also... See, what you just said, it reminded me of a Sam Kennison joke. Do any of you guys know a comedian named Sam Kennison? No. Zachary no. says no. Toby? All right. So he no. was uh, he was um, uh, an American foul-mouth comedian. He's like, he's not like the original ones, but he he was definitely one of the ones that was most shocking. Mm. So, uh, but there was one joke that he told that uh, is one of my favorite jokes is that he said that, you know, how there are starving people in, in these poor nations, like the poor nations in Africa. I, I think at the time, Ethiopia was suffering from um, a food crisis. So there was a lot of starvation in Ethiopia. So yeah. they would send camera crews to Ethiopia. And then, uh, you know, you see these starving babies and flies flying around their faces. And um, they're just there taking pictures. And he said, you think the director can give these guys a sandwich, right? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Don't feed them yet. Don't feed them yet. You know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know I totally messed up that joke, but the gist of the joke is they're they're there to take pictures. You would think they can lend a hand as well. So uh, Zachary, what, what part do you got?
1: Uh, let's see. Um. Uh. I want to say like uh, when they were when Brian and that girl he used to date is on top of the fire truck. And you know they hit the the bells off, so they had to quickly get dressed after you know about to have sex. It's like okay, we have to hurry get dressed. When they get to the building, a fireman is pulling down the um, the it, hose. Right, and he's like, "Why is there a on here?" He looks up and they're like, "Oh hey," <laughs> I'm like, "Why are you doing up there?"
0: Right, right, right. I, I don't think they were about to have sex. I think they were having sex. They were. I think they were getting it in. Probably. They were already in the process, and then. The the alarm goes off and then and it was weird how they how uh, they edited it where they interspiced them having to have sex with uh, S- Stephen and his crew at is weird. the fire trying to pick out the fire. So uh, w- one of my favorite parts that I mentioned to Zachary was uh, and I kept talking to them to him about this but even before we watched the movie is uh Robert De Niro berating a fireman in his office. And he was like, oh, so you wanted to be a hero. Go ahead. You can tell me you wanted to be a hero. Uh-huh. And, and 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 you didn't listen to your fire chief. You didn't listen to me. You just did what you wanted to do. Uh-huh. That, and that's what you wanted. And you thought that the fire was gone and everything was clear. Right? Right? And so what did you do? You, you broke a glass for ventilation. Did you? So did you realize that before or after <laughs> you realized you were standing in a lake of gasoline? Huh? Did you do that before or after <laughs> you realized did you stay in? and the lady get gasoline? <laughs> you could have blown out your entire building and killed your whole unit. Now you just go home and you think about that. <laughs> what I found fascinating about that. He was he was so angry, but all he could do was tell him to go home. <laughs> 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 but that was a, uh, yeah, I, I love that scene. Zachary, what, what you got? Uh, when he told him oh, yeah. to check the door. That was a real good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, what does he say? He's like, Tim, yeah. check the door. He's like, "Tim, check the door. And at first, that when, they, when they're going down the hallway, he's going with Tim by himself. And he's telling, uh, and Tim's like trying to go in the door. And he's like, no, oh, yeah, no check, check the door, the door, door first. first. Now so should first. have been a clue. He, he's like, okay. Tim has a memory problem.
1: <laughs> he checks the door, knocks it down. Then they go to another room. It's like, Tim, check the door for his time. Did you check the door already going to the right? It's like, too late. Too late. Tim, <laughs> what is wrong with you? You're too. And it shows that he, like, even before that, when he's in this hour, it shows that he's just too uh, stubborn. Not stubborn. He's too just... gung ho. Yeah, gung ho.
0: He's, just... he's way too excited about going into a burning like, building.
1: My so excited. Can you just take it down to a 20? He's yeah. still like at 150. Right, 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 right. I cannot.
0: I cannot be in the shower with somebody else first of all. Then secondly, I can't be naked in the shower with another dude who's naked in the shower who was that excited. For me, that would be disturbing. It's like, dude, take it down a notch. I'm just getting
1: the shower. <laughs> 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 then, uh, he also got excited talking about, you know, your brother told me this line and then Brian's like, my father said that. He said that to everyone. Right, 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 right. I ain't right. special. talking about what's special to me. Right, 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 yeah, of course
0: it would be tell me what what do you have um
2: I'm not sure, I'm trying to think what was the weird thing about like Robert de Niro like changing his clothes and him just and uh Kurt Russell just standing there and watching him
0: oh, you mean uh not Kurt Russell, it was uh that was Baldwin. Yeah. That was William Baldwin. Uh, so yeah, he was changing his shirt in his room. I think the the point of that scene was to show how scarred up that uh, that character is. Mm, so um, that yeah. that is Robert De Niro, and he's playing uh, Ron, uh, Donald Rimgale. Rem, so Donald Rimgale is a former firefighter. Now he's a fire investigator, and you can see that he's burnt to burnt to a crisp. It's like almost every inch of his torso yeah. is all burnt up. And so that kind of leads to one of my favorite parts is when uh, they go to the parole hearing to uh, check on this arsonist to try. (laughs) Because when they said, uh, because he said, let's go. And um, McCaffrey is like, oh, where are we going? And uh, De Niro says pest control. (laughs) And so they go to parole hearing (laughs) and he's trying to, and uh, parolee is trying to pretend that uh, or the prospective parolee, he's trying to pretend that he's all reformed and whatnot. He's learned his lesson. He's ready to go back to society, and then he, uh, De Niro, he brings out this doll. who's like, uh, what, what, what do you, what did you do to this? And then, hey, tell did what you do to the little girl.
1: Tell me, I burned through.
0: Do no, but it's a, a the it's the thing that he says before that that I found so funny. So, uh, this is Donald Sutherland. He's playing Ronald Bartel. So Ronald is going shadow you know that's not fair because <laughs> you notice everybody called him shadow which is kind of oh, funny yeah. he's like hey shadow that's not fair like, come <laughs> on answer the question what do you want to do he's like uh i i burnt it he's like which oh he said i burnt her and he's like yeah uh, what he do you-? asked him about, what
1: you do to the little girl he's like i burnt her and then he's like okay so what do you want to do to the world you want to burn it all yes like I would have
0: burned. He didn't even say, "Do you want to burn it?" I was like, "What do you want to do to the whole world, Ronald? I want to burn it all. I want to burn it all." And he saw the gleam in his eye. And he was so, no, uh, yeah. He uh, was getting way get too excited back, yeah. about burning stuff. Like, yeah, no, it's back on probation. He ain't leaving this place. And it's like when when you when you get when he speaks, you get a way more incredible insight of a fire. It's like he doesn't think of a fire as a chemical reaction. He thinks of it as a living thing. He calls it a beast or an animal. He says mm-hmm. when he second when he set fire to the warehouse, he lost control of his animal and it got me on on the hair and it got my hand. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. or later on when he's talking to um, Brian McCaffrey, he's like, uh, you know, they, they're interviewing him, trying to uh, Brian McCaffrey is trying to get uh, he's trying to get Ronald to give tell him who could have, help him solve the mystery of whose. Uh, creating these backdrafts so that's kind of something that we skipped over so in the movie backdraft there are these fires but some of these fires are arson this arson is set in a particular way that is designed to just kill a particular person and, and but not like cause destruction to the whole neighborhood so this is, the fire is specifically designed to uh, kill that person and then put itself out so and, and it kind of didn't work when Tim got killed because it was a second door, uh, it was it, yeah. it, it, this, their backdraft was set up in two rooms. So the first room, the door was open, opened up, killed the victim that it was intended to. But then the uh, a backdraft effect remained. So when Tim came to the second door, he uh, the back backdraft basically reignited and killed Tim. But it's designed to blow itself out. And so from this, Ronald deduced that the fire is set by a person who doesn't like fires and has access to special chemicals so he's like well who 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 does not like the beast and and doesn't want to let it live and also has access to these chemicals and then that way and then that sets brian on the path to find out which firefighter setting these fires
1: i know like here's a good thing uh with what's his name uh donald you get a backstory on why he has those scars when he first goes to the uh place. I forgot where it was.
0: You talking about Donald or Ronald? Which Donald, one? Uh, Don, the 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 arsonist Donald? The dude with the white hair? The
1: guy that no, that's not Donald. That's not that's the guy who's trying to solve out who what's causing the fires.
0: The the dude is oh yeah, the the guy's trying to solve it is yeah. Donald. Okay.
1: And again, you get the scars back because when he goes there, he's like uh, the guy that sets the fire. He was like, yeah, my hair was on fire. My hair was on fire. But then he came in and saved me. But then that's like, that's how he got all those scars? Right. Oh, Jeez. but here's
0: what happened. He went in and saved, saved him, them, but he didn't notice those giant containers of white phosphorus. So if you guys don't know about white phosphorus, it's, it's it burns yeah. very brightly it's It's extremely dangerous substance when it when it's ignited, so he didn't know these barrels of white phosphorus, so uh the white phosphorus ignited and and basically got uh Donald full on and it lit him up so bright that it left his shadow on the wall and that's why everybody calls him shadow, yeah. and that was impactful <laughs> I yeah. was like, Oh my God. <laughs> that something like that w- could happen and i think you see this in uh in uh like hiroshima or uh nagasaki where the nuclear bombs were dropped you see the shadows of people on walls or something i think i've seen photographs about that yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's it's uh it's extremely impactful so um is there anything else Any anything on any other impactful moment that anybody want to shout out
1: a good impactful moment is when Brian is like, okay, I have a hint on who might be setting these arsons because I remember because I know what the chemical is. My brother has a boat. i seen some contain Let me look. At- oh my god, it's my brother. Right. Hey, How's it going? And his brother was actually kind of cagey, too. Yeah, he was. And I'm like, yeah, this looks suspicious for you to be cagey. And then his bro- And then it makes it worse because his brother's like, why was you looking at these containers? I'm like, that makes it even more suspicious. Right. So then Brian goes all the way to the um to the firehouse, goes to his brother's locker, opens it up, he's like, I don't see anything that leads to it. And then that's when uh you see Axe and he's looking all suspicious. You see he has a burnt, I think 86 on his so- on his left shoulder, on the back of his left shoulder blade. I'm like, that's even more suspicious. Why does well, he
0: have that burnt mark? The reason that he got that burnt mark is because in the earlier scene, they had actually Caught the arsonist while he was trying to set up the backdraft, and then in the process he got hit in the back with a hot poker or something, and so uh, or it, it, I think it was a live wire, so he got burnt right. on his oh, back. Yeah, that's right. So that's he, right. So he he that's where he that had scar. A fight, right, is. right. he remember that fight, and you remember the arsonist got away, and then when Glenn, uh, well, Axe comes out, he has the same scar. So that was like, oh my god, like, god, that's him. God, it's and real- it's like, Axe knows. And Axe knows he knows. And so that's why Axe is there. And then she's looking at him like, (laughs) don't you tell anyone, boy. And here's the thing. Uh, I think Glenn, what's his name? Scott, Glenn Scott, Scott Glenn. I'm getting the name mixed up. Scott Glenn, because he has two first names. So it's kind of weird. Scott, uh, shout out to what great physical condition he's in. That dude must have been 50 when he made that film. But he's in great physical condition. Shout out to whatever cardio or whatever he was doing, because he looked fantastic. So...
1: And then, like you know, buying. Uh, that's when uh, uh, Steve comes. It's like, hey, what are you doing here? He's like, what do you get those containers from? He's like, oh, Axe gave it to me. I don't know why, but he just gave it to me. Right, he's like, right, right,
0: right. He's like,
1: well, I gotta go. There's a fire. I gotta. was like, but wait, I think I know who caused it. it's too late. Already gone. So then he's like, I have to catch up to him.
0: Right, goes right,
1: goes in right. the fire, uh, gets dressed, catch up to the second fire truck. Almost was gonna make it to the where the first one was at, but then it flipped over. So he was like, Okay, screw it. I'm just gonna run there. Right. Gets there, climbs on top of the building, and he hears the two of them arguing.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And then that's when Steven found out that he's was he was the one setting all the arsons going off right, in right. the previous cases. Right, right, right. And he so, was like, I don't like I understand what you're doing, but I don't agree with that. Right, right. Like, I understand right. that they was doing you know. Shutting down all the other firehouses. And that was just really messed up, especially when at one time we needed backup, but you know, didn't have it.
0: Right. And that's why that's why firemen were dying because the remaining firehouses didn't have backup. So so and basically the refrain was a killing firemen for uh for, for money. Because he was he would shut down firehouses, he would turn the firehouses into public parks or whatever and then and community centers and he would give the contracts to create these community centers to yeah. his friends and so that's uh-huh. total corruption that mm. that happens in in most countries right so it's <laughs> so they, right right sounds familiar yeah. so we they they found the corruption and now they're at a point where they uh they they need to solve the corruption and um but see here's the here's the thing uh he doesn't want to turn in his friend. It's like, and, you know, fire, fire somebody he's known. Basically, a guy who raised them yeah. when their father passed away. And he, this is the guy he has to turn in. It's, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard
1: thing. And, and then yeah. it gets to the scene where it's like, they're inside a the building, it's on fire. You have Steven and Axe on one side and Brian on the other side. Steven and Axe are hanging on, what, the walkway, the catwalk? Right, 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 right. And then Brian's like, "Let me go." He lets go of steven and then Brian's like, "If I, go, if you go, I go." I'm
0: like, "Ooh, that's so very So you impactful. just you found the other line oh, that I told you that, that was the line because they, they this is the second time twice. they said the line, right, the right, time. right. You go, if I, you we go, go, we, we go. Go. go, right, like, right, okay. right, right. And that's exactly what happened because <laughs> he, wasn't, <laughs> letting he wasn't letting
1: go for nothing. He wasn't letting go. Steven loses his grip; they both fall. Uh Axe falls into the fire, dies. Steven falls onto the catwalk, but he is greatly injured. Right. And it's like, oh man. So uh Brian goes like goes to help his brother. Another group comes in to help out. And he's like, they can't get to us because they just been backed by the fire, apparently. Right. And the uh the hose that they need is just in the air. Wiggling around, right? Right,
0: right. It just the, the hose is like an angry yeah. dragon just spewing water undirected every which way. Well, <laughs> the vine goes ahead, grabs a fire hydrant,
1: which is kind of where the, where the hose, yeah, the no, hydrant
0: is the, the thing that the water comes out. Of. No, he, no, no, he he uh, grabs a hose.
1: No, uh, the thing before that, uh. Extinguisher, that's what I was thinking. Of. Right, he grabs the extinguisher, that, breaks he it, throws it out, right, Right. and, and it, it causes a big explosion so he can dash right, towards right, the wall. Right, and that was and brilliant, right? Like, okay, that's good. <laughs> that's a video game move, right there. Strays <laughs> the hose, tell the other two to go get his brother. They get him, they get out, get in the ambulance, right. that,
0: here Here's the part when uh, there uh, went this. This is the part that I love it's like I loved it so much that gnats kept getting to my eye and they wouldn't go away, so they. So uh he's fighting the fire, trying to make a way so they can get his brother out. And he said, You look down there, that's my brother, goddammit. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Can you focus on living for a second? He was of... so proud of his brother at that he moment. Was.
1: That was awesome. And then, you know, got him in the ambulance. He's like, All right, don't you die on me. Come on, this live, come on. We've been we've been through basically through worse than this. Come on, live, don't die on me now. You're basically the only family I got, the only blood family I got. Even right. though you do have an ex wife and a child, but still, you're my only blood but- <laughs> relative, I don't need you to pass. Away.
0: <laughs> but but like, he yeah. did he uh, he passed away in an ambulance, and uh, and then at the end of the movie, they arrest the corrupt politician They close the close the, f- the fire because they had the evidence. You know what's funny is that uh, so the ex girlfriend she worked for the politician, she gets the, yeah. the documents from the politician, and then she gives it to to Brian. Uh, to Brian. And then you don't see her again. She she basically yeah, she skips just, down. She, like, okay. that, that's a massive sacrifice because she can't stay there because she not like committed a crime. So uh, she had to get out. So yeah, that that was amazing. So so that w- that was backdraft. Also, you know, yeah.
1: Brian stays with the fire force. One of the guys become captain. The other guys become lieutenant. It's like okay, right?
0: So um, so Toby, what did you think of this movie? You hadn't seen it before. Mm-hmm. You're technically Gen Z. What? did you think of this old movie backdraft?
2: I liked it. It's a lot better than average, I think. And it's good because it's quite fun and also quite scary at times as well. And in general, a good time. Although some of the CGI was noticeable, but other than that, it's great.
0: Uh, actually, there was no CGI in this what? movie. All of the fire was real. Uh, back in the 1990s, there was very little. Like the fire effect CGI was not, was not there yet. Mm. So they did have some like dinosaurs. They had like Jurassic Park. I think that was in 1993 or whatever. And the dinosaurs looked awesome and real. But mm. uh, and as far as making humans or making fire, it wasn't there yet. So yeah. almost all of that was practical effect. So Hello. <laughs> that, that's amazing so, so what you saw there is real fire as a matter of fact there, um, there have been interviews of firefighters uh, and they said that all of that looks incredibly authentic the only thing that they said that, that really wasn't um, accurate was besides one thing that we're going to talk about in, in the trivia is the other mm-hmm. thing is that um, it's actually very dark in those yeah. buildings like you go into a burning building because the, the smoke is so prevalent the black is thick black smoke, and, yeah. and usually there is no lights because all of the electricity went out. So the only light they have to go by is whatever light that they carry with them. So it, it's way darker in an actual fire than it is in the movie. But other than that, they say almost everything else was authentic. So, um... wow, Zachary, what did you think of Backdraft? It was a
1: good movie.
0: Yes. You see, Toby, you have to understand something. Oh my god. Zachary, <laughs> Is the clone of Zoe. Zach is my clone. Uh, I uh, I don't even know if he was born or if I just took a piece of my skin, I put it in a test tube, and I grew him in a vat. That is so much how he is like me. What so is wrong with you? I know that he's going to like movies that I like. I knew that he was going to like this movie because I liked it when I was growing up. And uh, <laughs> once again, I was proven correct. So <laughs> we're going to move on now to the trivia portion of the Ooh, podcast. Yes. Zachary, start us off. Kurt Russell, Kevin Casey, Scott
1: Glenn, and William Baldwin did a lot of their own stunts. And stunt coordinator's Walter Scott was no uh, was so impressed by the performance that he listed them as
0: stunt performers in the credits. That that's pretty awesome. Uh, yes. <laughs> the, uh, it's like they they I guess they ch- they channeled Jackie Chan in that moment. <laughs> mm. All right, Toby. Yeah
2: screenwriter gregory wyden was a firefighter for three years the film is based on the death of a friend in an actual backdraft
0: yeah so uh that's that's how you get great stories written You, you write from experience so uh many of the extras were real chicago firefighters a casting call was put out in a fire department memo prior to the start of shooting in addition Many suburban firemen participated in a funeral procession. Yeah, you could tell. Uh,
2: yeah, tell.
1: Over five thousand firefighters volunteered to march up and down McGegan Avenue. That's Michigan. Michigan, Michigan Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> so one scene serving uh Cerberon? Suburban. Suburban. Suburban firefighters begged to be included, but their uniforms were different. More than two hundred of them showed up anyway and
0: marched in the bat. Yeah, that, that's that, hard, wow. that hard-headedness. is like, to... we're going to be in the back. You don't even got to see us. We just want to fill her. I don't know why they had a bag. It's cheese. Right, right. Go ahead, Toby.
2: To draw audiences into the intensity of a real fire, a cameraman was outfitted in a fireproof suit and wandered through the flames with a handheld camera. Did they disguise it as a hose or something, maybe? Or was he not No, seen? he
0: was the... He was the camera, uh-huh. so you're looking from his perspective, so you don't see okay. him. But it's just that it's so hardcore to just walk through the fire. Yeah. I guess they were seen. like, "Hey, you know what?
1: Get him in the fire. Shoot you. Get in there.
0: Right, what? right, right. Get in there. <laughs> right, right. Am
1: I getting paid extra for this? I don't know. If get in there, maybe. Okay, then. Right."
0: <laughs> So uh, that is so hardcore. It's like mm. the set is burning. Go into a burning set, take some pictures, and I think these are for the scenes where you just see the fire and you don't. There's nobody else in there. They're just showing you, yeah, the, uh, the, the the fire burning, the building or whatever. And so that 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 is definitely hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> William Baldwin and Kurt Russell went to a firefighter boot camp to learn the ropes. They even slept at a Chicago firehouse. For about a month. Wow. See, people talk about how easy actors have it. Act. Yeah,
2: that's
0: not even really method acting. That's just basically learning, like uh, how people live. Like method mm-hmm. acting, acting is like when you're you you're that person all at a time. It's like you yeah. put on the role and you don't take it off, and and you don't act like anybody. You just you just act like that character for the entire time. Uh, what's his name? Um, what's... What's that comedian name? Uh, that was on *The Living Color*. That's too far back. You don't know that one. He was in *Liar, Liar*. I'm getting closer. He was in. Uh, <laughs> he was. He was in. Uh, what's that movie? He was a Sonic the Hedgehog. You saw that movie. Oh. So like hedgehog, Remember you? he was a dude with the mustache? Schwartz or something? About Jim Carrey? Jim right, Carey. You don't know who Jim Carrey is What's wrong with you? I couldn't it, it, his name escaped me. He's one of my favorite actors and comedians. His oh. name escaped me. So anyway, Jim Carrey famously did this when he played Andy Kaufman. So, uh mm-hmm. Andy Kaufman was a a weirdo comedian and he did experimental comedy and uh like he would do things like he would go um to uh like he would go on stage and sing Mighty Mouse. He would lip sync Mighty Mouse to a record he was like early karaoke and that would be his comedy routine or whatever so he did this thing where uh he's famous for having a rivalry a wrestling rivalry with jerry the king lawler so they would wrestle yeah i mean i'm talking about andy kaufman oh yeah andy kaufman yeah so he but actually jerry lawler was in that movie playing himself yeah so andy kaufman he would go on wrestling and he would just challenge women to wrestle or whatever and then jerry Lawler, he was a babyface at the time like he would be incensed and uh uh you know he hated that he would only challenge women so the rivalry act, actually carried outside of wrestling and they were on i think the david letterman show and on the show uh they were both on the show and so on the show Andy Kaufman said something insulting and Jerry Lawler's like slapped him like live in front of a studio audience. <laughs> and so, but, and people thought that was real because at the time everybody thought wrestling was real. He yeah. probably said the word that wrestlers don't want to hear you say. Oh, fake. No, that wasn't it. Okay. That, that wasn't it. It was something else because that was part of his character. He probably said something like, "Uh, you know, Jerry Lawler can't wrestle. I can't remember what the context was. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. So ch- go check it out on YouTube. Just look up Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman. But um, he said something insulting. Uh, Jerry Lawler s- slapped him in the face and it was live in front of TV. This is when everybody thought wrestling was real because this is like, I think in the 70s. So it's like, it was no question that wrestling was a real thing. Nobody ever ever questioned wrestling. So it, um, and, it, and I forgot how ultimately culminated but it, i just remember that that was the type of character that jim carrey was playing and mm-hmm. uh and so he was acting like that all of the time so that's that's and so if you imagine if you acting like that all of the time you're going to annoy all of your fellow cast members because <laughs> most <laughs> cast members are not method actors uh there's also mm-hmm. another incident and in, uh i think what 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 they did in this movie is something like what happened in battlestar galactica so, I don't know if you're familiar with this show, Toby, but mm-hmm. in uh, it's like in a 2004, there was a revival of this classic sci-fi series called Battlestar Galactica. And in the first episode, uh, they're being chased by their enemies, and they are trying to keep themselves awake because the enemy can attack at any time, and there are very few of of the pilots left to defend their fleet in space, so their pilots are basically up almost twenty four hours. And they have to take stimulants to keep themselves awake. They're only getting like a a couple of hours of sleep a day. So, um, yeah. famed actor Edward James almost he was like, "We should just stay up. We should just stay up so we can." <laughs> so that we can feel tired so we should just stay up for 24 hours and come to work the next uh, and come to work uh, tomorrow uh, after having been up all night and uh, we, we should just stay up uh, so that we can feel you know tired and um, one of the actors was like I'm just going to act tired <laughs> but uh, we've gone off on a tangent I, I even forgot where we were um, I don't
1: remember where we were
0: I think it's your turn yeah
1: I know In an interesting twist of fate, Brad Pitt lost out on the role of Brian McCaffrey in backdraft night that came out in 1991 to William Baldwin, who then had to be released from his contract to pay the small part of JD in JD in Delma and Louise. And that came out in
0: 1991 that was recast to Erwitt Pitt. Okay. So that, this is kind of a weird one. So basically what happened, uh, Pitt was Brad Pitt get the role. was supposed to get was supposed to play Brian McCaffrey, but he didn't get it. And but it he went didn't too. get yeah. it. and and William Baldwin uh, was supposed to be in. Thelma he was Louise. supposed to be in Delma DeRiz, but he didn't get it to Brad yeah. Pitt. It's just a a weird yeah. twist of fate. Everybody could have just gotten what they wanted if everybody just uh if if they went with their first choice or whatever. So that, <laughs> I I guess that's the crazy weirdness of the acting game.
2: Yes, absolutely. The iconic. Pr- 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 Promotional image of the fireman's silhouette emerging from a fiery doorway appears on firefighter licenses plates, license plates issued in the state of California.
0: Ah, I didn't know about that. They, yeah, they, firemen really love this movie. Scott Dunn yeah. was actually on fire for one scene. He was coated with layers of fireproof clothing and special gel for his skin. So he wouldn't get burned. As soon as the camera stopped rolling, firefighters doused him with water and chemicals. So that's that's too much dedication. It's way too much <laughs> dedication. Like, you know what, give me this stuff.
1: I, I'll i be on fire. I can do my own stunt.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's way too much stunt in, uh, trust yeah. in your stunt coordinator. Uh, I wouldn't coordinator. do
2: that.
0: <laughs> right, right. William Baldwin said that his
1: relationship with Kurt Russell on screen was better than it had been in his uh
0: his real brother oh ouch here's the thing he has like five brothers and they're all actors (laughs) (laughs) still ouch (laughs) yeah so it's like that that, that's crazy um the the other the the brother i'm most familiar with well most other people are familiar with is alec baldwin so if you're alec baldwin that's the guy that was in uh snl playing president trump yeah he's, he's been in uh so many other movies and he was, uh, and there's something more about that uh, later on in the uh, in the thing. Yeah. So, um, go ahead.
2: Robert De Niro's character, Don Remgale, was a real arson investigator with the Chicago Fire Department's Office of Fire Investigation. Don Remgale appeared in this movie.
0: Wow, and I totally missed him. But the fact <laughs> that they used a real person as a fire investigator is impressive. Yes. Uh, Cedric Young Grendel, Casey um, Kevin Casey, Nightingale and Richard Lexi Washington were former Chicago firefighters. Jack McGee was a firefighter as well. Oh, so oh. They had some experience on set yeah. which mm. is amazing.
2: Yeah. And Kevin and... Casey sounds an awful lot like Kevin Spacey. Right, right, right.
0: <laughs> oh, also I who else is a firefighter? Oh shit, I, I don't remember his name. And if I sit here to try to go through it, uh yeah. it, we're just gonna get lost in the weeds. Yeah. So go ahead, Zachary.
1: The actor <laughs> carried a real fifty pound fire hose up the stairs instead of the lightweight prop hose that was on set. They was like, forget the light, we can
0: do this. They <laughs> they were
1: hardcore. We can do our own
0: stunts. Yeah. Hardcore. They don't say it or not. But I wonder if uh Dude fell for real. Like they're running up the stairs. Oh yeah. And, sir, uh, actually fell for real. Yeah, yeah. I don't Was know it? if he fell for real or not, but that that would have been amazing if he had. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Toby.
2: As of 2012, this is the most successful movie about firefighters ever, grossing 152.3 million dollars worldwide.
0: Yeah, so um I haven't actually seen a lot of firefighter movies. I think there's one Mm -hmm. more that people talk about but this is the only one that i know about so yeah they could just have easily said this is the only movie about firefighters <laughs> that has that ever been made because I, I am not familiar with too many other ones do you know any zachary no
1: Yeah. So the you, only thing i know is yeah. power rangers but that's different
0: yeah that's mm-hmm. way different you could have just said the transformers because they have a fire vehicle that can transform uh, so- <laughs> Power rangers because the whole entire <laughs> stick is their firefighters okay
1: yeah
2: uh was there one with As, the rock a couple of years ago or last year or something
0: and then we oh they're fire jumpers right they're jump they're doing forest fires am i
2: correct uh, I, th- I think it was called like playing with fire or something i don't know right i never that, saw that was it
0: a, a comedy right ah. um there was was that one with john cena yeah or... it was with john cena ah, right. One where it was like an action comedy it's not not quite the same thing. It's not like <laughs> a dramatic, like <laughs> a, a dramatic <laughs> examination of firefighting. Yeah. So, uh, as this was made several years before the fire effect could be created via computer animation, mm-hmm. first assistant director Aldrich La'arly <laughs> uh, Hold on, Lallari, Aldrich Lallari Porter ran into a burning room to check on an actor. Kurt Russell was in this smoke-filled set with the effects team, and it just ignited with a, fully, uh, with a 50-gallon oil drum, Porter remembers. After about four minutes, he hadn't come out, so I rushed in after him without a respirator. Porter felt his way along the walls with his hand, as had been trained through the intense smoke and heat, but he couldn't find Russell. Fortunately, Russell had already gotten out through the rear exit door. It wasn't the smartest thing to do, admits Porter, but instincts took over, and I wanted to make sure he was safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, oh, you God, can't my let your ass stars ass burn to no. death. <laughs> Is he
1: okay? Oh, he went through the back. Okay. All right. He's safe. I once had a heart attack. Right, right. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, Ron Howard described Kurt Russell's appearance as aggressive but entertaining and totally honest. Oh yeah, that's
0: true. It's Kurt Russell's approach. (laughs) approach (laughs) 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 Right, that's all right. I I do the same thing all the time. Go ahead, Toby.
2: The production designer said a problem was what to do with take two after you've burned the set. So they covered most of the sets in fire, retardant paint to slow down the burn.
0: That is correct. What do you do when you're using real fire and you have to burn down the set yeah. and it's expensive to build another set? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Slow it down a little bit. Right. It is like they hadn't invented uh the CGI for fire yet. You're you're basically kind of stuck. So you have yeah. to get it right the first time. So that's why you had such great actors uh who could do uh but see it's not just acting all the time. It's not somebody forgetting the line, it's not somebody uh where, you know, flubbing or, or laughing during a take is basically it's like you shoot a scene and then you want to shoot an shoot the same scene from a different angle or mm-hmm. uh, the light is wrong. So you have to shoot the same scene and you have to get a different light or somebody had did something in the background and you have to shoot it again. So, yeah, uh, a lot of these scenes get filmed over and over again and then they're edited together. So that that is a challenge how to deal with a burning set. So <laughs> they, they have been able to solve this and I'm totally impressed by it. So, following tradition, Ron Howard cast his brother Clint Howard in this movie. Clint plays Rico, the pathologist. So, do you? So, I don't know if you are familiar with um, Ron Howard movies. Are you? Uh, are you Toby?
2: Um, he directed a few. I think we mentioned earlier. Cause I think I'd seen a couple. Right. Let's see. Uh, well, yeah, I'd seen Apollo thirteen.
0: Right, right, right. So, I don't remember Clint Howard being in that movie, but I guarantee you, Clint Mm -hmm. Howard is in Apollo 13. (laughs) How about you, Zachary? Do you you remember Clint Howard being in too many movies? No. All right, so... Like, but you seen Star Wars: A Solo a Star Wars Story? No, I have not. Yet. Oh, you haven't seen that one? No, oh, okay. It's pretty good. It's right, not, but
1: I can. I'm gonna guarantee that his brother's in
0: that movie. Oh my god, he's in every single movie. Like... It's like when you watch out a, a Ron Howard any movie directed from <laughs> Ron Howard. Your number one task is to look look for Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> he's like I right, was his brother. Oh, there he is. Right, that
1: sneaky little one.
0: Uh, right, right. And and the thing is, to his credit, Clint Howard isn't just in Ron Howard films. I, I remember I first seen him when he was a child actor, he was in a, a Star Trek episode. So um, I'm pretty sure that he's been in other movies, but it's like, that's Ron Howard looking after his brother. And I got to give him that. It's like every time he make, he directs a movie, he makes sure that he has a role for his brother. Oh. So I think that's great.
2: And I never realized that Ron Howard's daughter is Bryce Dallas Howard. Just find that out. That is then.
0: correct. You know, yeah. uh, Neat about his children is that all of his children, their middle names are named after cities. Uh, I think Uh. cities that they were conceived in, but I'm not sure. So (laughs) Dallas for Bryce Dallas Howard, and then his other children, they they all have cities cities in their names. So that's fascinating. Uh, Here's here's something else about um, a Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, She looks exactly like Jessica Chastain. Yes, with her. No. Yeah,
2: I no. always get uh, them confused and wonder which one is which, who's playing them. <laughs> you,
0: have you, Zachary, have you seen, um, you haven't seen the the last X Men movie with the Phoenix and whatnot? No, I have not. Oh, okay, because she was in that one. So if you look at Jessica Chistain and Bryce Dallas Howard, they do look exactly alike. In fact, so much alike that Ron Howard gets confused as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He can. He 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 once watched this movie that starred Jessica Chastain and thought that it was Bryce Dallas Howard. That that's how bad it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh,
1: so let's get back into it. Some photos were shot upside down on the ceiling because fire doesn't actually crawl
0: on the floor. Of course yeah. uh-huh. So that's the thing that that was the only thing that was kind of fake about the film yeah. is that there were a lot of scenes where you saw it looks like the fire was creeping along the floor. The fire doesn't do that. Was mm. like when it was creeping towards uh at the end of the movie when brian was fighting a fire you yeah. know the fire was creeping on him on the floor so he he turned around and shot you know water at the fire whatever it fire doesn't crawl on the floor like that that's the yeah. fire in the ceiling does and so they just took that effect and flipped it upside down and made it look like it was on the floor yeah. but it it gave the fire personality hmm.
2: alex baldwin was considered to play brian mccaffrey but he turned it down and recommended his brother william for the role
0: see the theme is brother looking after brother, you know yeah. Alec Baldwin didn't want it he the more famous uh more recognizable actor, so he'd say, "Get my brother for this uh you had um you have brothers in the movie looking after each other you know uh the the older brother looking at that's why he was so hard on his younger brother because he. Uh, he didn't want his brother to get hurt in the fire, so he was hardest on his younger brothers. Like he, when they were on the roof, told him, roll up, roll up both of these holes. And he's like, "What? What about Tim?" I was like, "Just do what you're told." Now forget <laughs> Tim. He and my brother. You're my brother. Right, right. That's basically it. He's like, "I want you to be stronger than Tim, faster than Tim, uh, more, more, uh, more correct than Tim. You're going to be better than Tim." But and I'm trying to make you quit. So you're either going to be better than Tim, or you're going to or you're going to quit. So it's uh, it's Ron Howard looking after his brother, Alec Baldwin looking after his brother, and the McCaffrey brothers looking after each other. So the photos of firefighters seen on the walls of the investigator's office are the Los Angeles County firefighters who were on the scene during filming of the fire scenes as a precautionary measure. As I would hope so, please have some professionals there to make sure that every everything is going to be all right, nobody burns to death. The production
1: <laughs> company totally refurbished pieces of refurbished six pieces of uh it's
0: fire apparatuses.
1: Fire apparatuses and upon completion of filming donated five of them to the Chicago Fire Department which used four of them as frontline equipment for several years. And one as a spare. The only one that was not donated to the city was the truck that was flipped over, which was totaled for the for that shot. Oh, yeah, that was
0: definitely totaled. Right. right. So this is what I learned. Uh, they referred the professional or the industry name for a fire truck is fire apparatus. So <laughs> uh-huh. that's what they were referring to <laughs> when they referred to fire apparatus. I did not know that. It's something new that I learned. So the, the last one that was flipped over, that was flipped over at the end of the movie. The stunt coordinator didn't want to do that because he knew that it would total the truck. And that's exactly what happened. He said, these things aren't meant to flip over. <laughs> 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 They're like, yeah. I understand? But We want to make an impact. We right, right, make, right, uh-huh.
1: right. So flip that truck. Right, 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 right.
0: right. right absolutely. So yeah. you have the last one, Toby.
2: The name that can be seen on the McCaffrey family boat, Gogo is a family nickname for Kurt Russell.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. Go-Go. <laughs>
2: Go-Go. Okay. Now, first, that's a strange nickname.
0: and then, Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: And, uh, I think that
1: would be a name for a girl, but not for a girl. Well, well, if
0: you think of a little kid that's running and won't stop running, I think that's probably I the get, type of still, kid that Kurt like... Russell was. That that would explain why it would be
1: he, weird, like you see him with his family like, Hey, come on, go go. It's like, Don't
0: call me that in public. Right. Uh, also another family connection. Do you, do you remember uh The Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, I remember seeing that show. So you remember US Agent or the first Captain America, then he became US agent. Yeah. That's uh that's Kurt Russell's son. Oh, oh. Right. His I don't name, even see it. His name is Wyatt Russell, and uh he's the son of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. So yeah, family's doing good for when themselves. When I look at
1: it, I just don't see it. Right, I don't, don't see it. I'm like, that don't look like her, right. right, right.
0: Uh, he he's a perfect blend of his mother and father. So yeah, and he did an excellent job in that show. Did you happen to see that, uh, Toby? Hello.
2: Hey, sorry. Were you talking to me?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you happen to see yeah the Falcon and the Winter Soldier?
2: uh or did you, do you did you even know yeah about is that is that a movie is that a marvel movie because i've sort of seen it
0: well it's a it tv is, show yeah it's a marvel tv show it's on Disney. oh plus.
2: no no i haven't uh, seen that no.
0: right so disney plus is they're they're having a series of tv shows that are based on like the mainline characters yeah. that we've seen in the movies so the first one they did was wandavision and that was with uh Wanda Maximoff and her boyfriend, The Vision. Or maybe it's more like her husband. It's kind of hard to say at this point. Uh, and and, uh, and the next one that they did was The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and it's about uh, Sam Wilson, the Falcon, and basically him becoming the next Captain America. And in that show, um, it features, one of the features is Wyatt Russell. And at first they make his character Captain America, and then things transpired and he's not anymore. So we were just talking about how Wyatt Russell was uh was great in that show. And now uh there's another show Loki that just premiered last week on Wednesday. Yeah. And that stars Tom Hiddleston as Loki uh, basically continuing where he left off. I don't know if you've seen um Endgame. Yes. Avengers Endgame? Yeah so in Avengers Endgame they grow through time uh, one of the things they have to collect is the cosmic cube and in the confusion Loki while he was captured grabs the cosmic cube and vanish out, out of existence right yeah. so in this show it picks up uh, where he left off so oh. he's basically a variant of the original Loki the original Loki is still de- dead but he's a variation um, of that Loki and he's he gets picked up by what's called the Time Variant Authority, and this is just this overarching cosmic orv- organization that that basically maintains the flow of time. It's like they make sure that there aren't other timelines, and so when somebody does something out of the timeline, they come into to straighten out the timeline. So, Loki is one of those variations. So, they capture him. And so, the show is about him dealing with the time variant authority. Yeah. I know that's a little bit off track. (laughs) It happens sometimes. Yeah. So, we are at our final segment, What Critics Think. So, critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave it 74%. Audience gave it a 75% score. Pretty Uh consistent. IMDb Reviews have it at six point seven, slightly lower than so not exactly consensus, but it, yeah. it, it, I, I would say uh, as far as uh, statistically, it's close enough. So uh, Zachary, why, why don't you tell us what uh, the first critic thought? Caitlin Me- Meyer, Meyer, that's good. All right, from
1: Austin Chronicles, uh, the film exploits Chicago's terrain of ethic, uh, your yeah, ethnic neighborhoods, Paul. Polit-
0: mm. Political,
1: political term, and glorious modern architecture, but it has trouble when it comes in close to the personal level.
0: Um, I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that because that yeah. dynamic between the brothers got me. It, it really got me. And so I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know what movie she's talking about. So, and, <laughs> or like when you had uh, you had Kurt Russell's character, uh, and he has. You know he's estranged from his wife. He wants to get back to his wife when something something is happening in his life and he has nobody to talk to, nobody to turn to, and uh, and really the only his wife is there to to give him aid and comfort. But she's she's got her own issues with his career. Not not wanting their son to be a part of their father's life. It, it, it has a a lot of human dynamics.
1: Or that she didn't want him to continue that lifestyle that he was yeah, the way yeah. he worked. Right. And right. that's why she didn't want him in the life of their son because she fears that one day he will end up dying because of his work.
0: Right. But see, the thing is she knew what he was when she met him, you know? So that doesn't make any sense to me. She knew him as a firefighter. She knew that his father, that his father died when he was a child. So she knew all of this, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of bothers me that, that that's the direction that she would go, but still it's a lot of all of these human dynamics. So I don't know what Kathleen Meyer is talking about. I don't know what movie she saw. Uh, I guess she was just bored and decided to write this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. She just had a really bad day and decided to take it out on a movie. Right,
0: right, right. Uh, Why don't you tell us what Frank
2: thought? Well, Frank Otching from theworldjournal.com has said that Howard's burning ode to firefighters and the professional and personal lives they hope to conquer with devotion and defiance, a drama that convincingly spreads itself like a roaring blaze.
0: You know what? I think that is quite accurate. Yes. I agree with this Frank character. Yes. I, I think he's got the right of it. Yes. So the next person is Janet Maslin from the New York Times. The spectacular fire sequences, which must have been hellish to film, are powerfully enveloping on screen, thanks especially to the eerie effect of the title. The, and she's referring to the backdraft. draft. Yeah, the black draft looks scary, and uh, apparently these things are real. Yeah. So, <laughs> and the way it blows the doors open is fascinating. Uh, Jonathan
1: Rosenbaum, Rosenbaum, yeah, okay, from Chicago Reader. <laughs> Visually speaking, the film does pretty well with the fire as spectacle, less well with everything else. How it tends to trout out fuzzy tone spinalbergen
0: i think he's trying to write spielbergian okay
1: spielbergian backlighting on any pretext
0: you know what i don't know i, I didn't bump into anything like that i guess she's talking about like the scene now, here's the thing like when you when you have a like a really great movie you kind of focus in on the minutiae or like like the scenery or something something mm-hmm. that that like i didn't personally bump up here i'm i'm I think he's talking about, like, maybe the cinematography or whatever, and I didn't bump up against, against anything like that, so I'm not exactly oh, yeah. sure what he's complaining about. I feel like he's complaining about nothing.
2: So, <laughs> is there
0: anything else that anybody else want to add to yeah, the I'm movie back there? Yeah. Toby, how about you? No. Awesome. So, finally, I just want to mention that backdraft is, as of this recording, available for free on HBO Max. The next, the next episode that we're going to talk about is Running Scared. You know what? I want to thank our special guest, Toby Grillin. Am I saying that right? Griffin. Gribbin, <laughs> thank you for that because I've just been saying to, uh, Toby all the whole time, and <laughs> in the meantime, I totally forgot your last name. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks to our special guest, Toby Griven, He is the host of the Toby Griven show, and that is on yes. what network?
2: It's on Shout Radio, Thursdays and Fridays, 3 till 6pm UK time. Do tune in.
0: Do you have any social media that you want people to check out?
2: Yes, my personal Twitter account is at Toby Grebin, but mainly I'd like you to check out Shout Radio on Facebook. It's just slash Shout Radio, and the Twitter is at your Shout Radio as well. Plus, our website is shoutradio.org.uk. You can find out all you need to know on there.
0: Awesome. Thank you for joining us. I hope you had a great time.
2: I had a great time indeed. Thank you for having me on.
0: So once again, if you like this show, then please rate us, write a review and share it with someone. You can look for us on at Backlick Cinema on Twitter or your favorite social media sites. Please rate and review us. Believe me, it matters. Be safe. Hug your loved ones. Get vaccinated and be outstanding.